something special to say to us today. So who's ready? Who's ready to receive from what God has for us today? Um, I, I am thankful for the team who ministers here at Grace Assembly for their flexibility. Um, if you uh, try to pull up our online bulletin, because of the last minute nature of things, we weren't able to update that. But you know what? God is wanting to speak to us today. And I wanted to start off by a little confession to make. Is it okay for me to do that? Is this a safe place to make a confession to you? Um, I might find that in my life, it is a steady cycle of bold confidence and awkward confusion. Bold confidence and awkward confusion. Can anyone relate to that? Where you think you know everything, you think you got it all set, this is what God is doing, this is what I'm doing, it's all set, and then boom, something happens, and you're like, wow. This, this is really, really confusing. I'm feeling really awkward right now. Let me give you an example of that. Perhaps some of you can identify with this, where you are in a huge crowd of people. Maybe it was the state fair. Maybe it was at a sporting event. Maybe it's here in this morning in this, in this sanctuary where there's hundreds of people, and you see somebody from a distance. And you see them, and you recognize them, and you begin to get a little excited. You're like, wow, I haven't seen so-and-so in such a long time. I'm so happy. Or, hey, that person uh, is here, and I need to talk to them about something. I wanted to tell them something, a good story. And so you get excited, and they're walking towards you, and they're looking right at you. And then their face lights up. They begin to smile, and you start to smile back, and then... And they start to raise your, their hand, and then so you're raising your hand to wave at them, and you're really excited about this encounter that's about to take place, and then suddenly they start to look, and then they're like, whoo, and they're surprised to see you because they were excited about seeing the person behind you the whole time. Has anyone encountered that? It's awkward, right? And so, and they try to make you feel better about it. It's like, okay, this is awkward, but they try to make you feel better. Like, oh, hey, you. Uh, you know, I was really excited to see so-and-so behind you, but, you know, you're okay too, you know, and they start to say, you know, they start to make you feel better about that, and the whole thing makes you feel like, you know, you're special, but you're not that special. I was really excited to see that person over there, but you, you know, okay, you're all right. It's so awkward. And I think that it speaks to the reality of our human nature is, is that we have the desire of wanting to be seen. We have the desire of wanting to be of value, wanting to be loved. And if we're not careful, we can allow situations like those to cause us to live a life of offense. It caused us to puff ourselves up while I'm not being valued or recognized like somebody else is, or I'm not being heard like somebody else is. And in reality today, God loves you with an everlasting love. 
God loves you so much that he wants you to be a part of his family and he wants you to be a part of his plans. So today, can we give ourselves permission to allow ourselves to consider the fact that Jesus Christ looks down on us and says, I love you, I think you are special, but you are not the object of Christianity. You are not the person that is being lifted up in Christianity. That is exclusively Jesus Christ. And so today, we are not in competition with one another. We are not looking to get our way over another uh, human being. We are working together as the body of Christ to lift up Jesus Christ because he is worthy today. Can anyone say amen? Amen. So please understand, Christianity is about a God that loves us, God who has gone through extraordinary lengths to make us a part of his family. But please understand, let's not confuse it. We are lifting up Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. We are special, but we're not that special. So let's keep Jesus in that proper place in our lives. We're going to be taking a look at a, a story in the Bible that perfectly illustrates this uh, in Mark chapter 1, and it's about John the Baptist. So let's turn to Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. There is one indisputable fact about every Christ follower, and that is we are all called. We are all called. Now, some of you would argue with that. You say, no, 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 this other person is more valuable than I am. They're really called. Uh, no, no, I have this past in my life. I have this sin in my life, and I cannot possibly be called by God. That must be reserved for somebody else. And today, I want to encourage you that each and every person in this room has been called by God and empowered empowered to do what only you can do because he is empowering you to do it. Amen. There is not a single person here that is exempt from the call of God. He calls you first for salvation. He calls you to be a part of his family. And then he says, sends the Holy Spirit to empower you to fulfill God's purposes wherever you go. Today, we are all called uh, to, to, to God himself. And so today, I want to encourage you uh, to be open to the idea of what it looks like to be called by God. What is he asking you to do specifically? As far as John the Baptist goes, he was, he was called for the purpose of preparing the way, 
preparing the way. And church, we have that responsibility today. It has not changed. We are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are preparing the way for people to come to Jesus Christ. And the good news is, is that we are not alone in that mission. We are not alone in that calling. The Holy Spirit is already working and moving. We are simply just responding and being used by the Holy Spirit so that people can come to know Jesus Christ. So today, let me ask you something. Are you truly being a voice of the Holy, being a voice of God and pointing people to Jesus Christ? When people look at you by your words and by your deeds, are you pointing to Jesus Christ or are you distracting people into serving something else? See, today we are called to prepare the way, and that means that our words and our deeds are lining up with Jesus Christ to the point when they see you, you are pointing to something that is more valuable than yourself. The second way that, uh, the second thing about John's calling was is that he was called to make the paths straight. And you know what that says to me? Don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. Jesus Christ has already made the way possible. He said, put your trust in me and I will give you life. Pretty easy, right? And we have an entire whole testament that points to the glaring human weakness about what it looks like for human beings to try to follow the rules. We're terrible at it. So don't complicate it. Don't go and give a whole bunch of rules in place that has no bearing in scripture. Don't create this culture where not only do they have to learn about following Jesus, but they have to learn a whole different vocabulary. They have to learn a whole different culture that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ, why can't we just lift up Jesus and Jesus alone? You see, Jesus Christ, when you put your faith and trust in him, he will transform your heart. He will bring you into the truth. We don't need to help out with that. We simply need to join what the Holy Spirit is already doing and just lift up Jesus Christ and allow him to change, allow him to move. We can just participate in what he is doing. And you know what? It'll be far more successful than any other thing that we can come up with, right? So let's just lift up Jesus. Don't complicate things. Just lift him up. That brings me to my second point. We have a mission. We have a mission. We're going to turn back to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 4. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now you notice something about John. He had this calling on him, right? Prepare the way of the Lord. Make the path straight. He had this calling on him. But notice that he didn't just sit on his rear end. He didn't say, oh, wow, I am so loved by God. Look at how special I am and just sat there. He went out and participated in what God was doing. You see, when God calls us, he is calling us to a life of action. 
So much in Christianity today, there is a temptation to come here on a Sunday morning. We worship God. We lift up praises to him. We say that God is valuable. And then when we go out the door, we continue to live as if Jesus never existed. And so today, will you, will you be uh, encouraged? Will you be inspired to the possibility that God might be calling you to something more than sitting on your butt here on a Sunday morning? He might be calling you to service. He might be calling for you to lift up the name of Jesus. We have to simply respond to the work that he's already doing in our lives. You see, if you find this to be a confusing thing right now, if you said that you are a follower of Jesus Christ and it confuses you about, oh, I need to be about, I have to act, I have to move, then that means that it's possible that you have been listening to something, to another voice other than the Holy Spirit. So today, would you consider the aspect that you might need to repent and you might need to move forward in what God is calling you to? And that means for some of you, you might need to get up. You might need to move. We have this, uh, we have this uh, uh, tendency for us in the church to say, God is love. God is love. He accepts me. Don't judge me. Don't try to change me. Don't try to convince me that what I'm doing is sinful. But today, church, if you find yourself in a lifestyle that is against God and his holy word, today, I don't want you to feel condemned. I want you to realize that God is still reaching out to you in love. And God is still saying, I have called you for a purpose. I have a mission for you, but I don't want to leave you in this unhealthy state. I want you to have life and life more abundantly. And church today, we don't have to wait to walk in that life. You can have that right here, right now, walking in that life with the promise of life everlasting forever and eternity. We find that Pastor Rayner is in that eternity right now, giving praise to God Almighty because of the promise that he had in Jesus Christ. Today, you can walk in that life and have that promise of everlasting life. That brings me to this challenge to you today. Today, if you're looking to be a part of God's mission, if you're looking to be a part of that mission of pointing other people to Jesus Christ and making a difference with your service, we have a program here at Grace Assembly that can help you with that because we recognize that with a growing church, it might be intimidating for you to be involved here at church and for you to figure out how can I serve? How can I make a difference? We have a program called Serving with Grace. And so if you scan that QR code in front of you and scroll to Serving with Grace, you give us, our informa you give us your information, we'll get back to you, and we can help you be plugged in so that you can make a difference with your service. So today, would you consider that, that, that prospect of you coming into Grace Assembly and asking yourself, how can I make a difference with my service? How can I point people to Jesus Christ? And you know what? You can even be a little weird. Where are my fellow weirdos? 
Yes, yes, I see, I see those hands. My hand's raised too. You can even be a little strange. And you know what? That's okay because we all have quirks. We all have our quirks. And John the Baptist was no different. He was a little quirky. Uh, if you read verse 6, it says this. John wore clothing made of, made of camel's hair with a leather, leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Now, let me be honest with you. When I, when I read that passage, and I've read it a few times, when I read that passage, I've always wondered, why is that in the Bible? Because it comes across strange. It says, okay, here's John. He's been prophesied for hundreds of years. And it's prepare the way of the Lord, make the path straight. And then it tells of John's ministries. And oh, by the way, this is what he was wearing. As he's walking down the red carpet, this is what he's wearing. He's rocking camel hair. And oh, by the way, locusts. Mm-mm. How many of you like locusts? How many of you been to a restaurant before and said, I want locusts? Is it in season? Right? It is a strange thing to put in there. And so I actually looked it up because I was curious. And I found that camel hair was actually something that was mentioned in, with Old Testament prophets. And so uh, he was like, John the Baptist was affiliating himself with the Old Testament prophets. But here's another component to it. It was also something that was worn by the poor of the day. And so let me encourage you with something. You do not have to clean yourself up to be used by God. You don't have to wear the nicest clothes. You don't have to uh, be in the nicest of circumstances. You can just be who you are, going to wherever God has called you to be. And because you are obedient, God will use you and make his name known. Amen? It's about him. It doesn't have anything to do with what we dress ourselves up to be. It's about him. And locusts. Why in the world is he eating locusts? I didn't realize that that was actually not so much of an abnormal thing back then. Uh, they actually ate locusts from time to time. But again, it was the poorer folks, and especially ones who chose to live in the desert, uh, that ate the locusts. And I've heard a lot of Bible teachers try to make a lot of symbolism and make a lot over what, they, what he wore and what he ate. But let me encourage you with this one thing. John the Baptist was so well known for this is what he wore and this is what he ate. It was like his thing. He was a, that was what identified him with everybody else. And so that encourages me in the fact that not everyone looked like John the Baptist. Not everyone ate like John the Baptist. Not everyone acted like John the Baptist. And so today, you might be under the impression that you have to look like somebody else in order for you to be used by God. You might have be under the impression that you might have to organize your life in such a way that, that if, if you look a certain way, if you compare yourself to other people as the prophetic word was given before, that by that, you would think that you are successful, you have arrived. Today, I want you to know that you are fearful 
fearfully and wonderfully made. God has called you for a specific purpose that nobody else can uh, meet that purpose. And so for you today, all you have to simply do is say, okay, God, use me for your purpose. Use me for your glory. And you will be successful in what God has called you to. It doesn't have to look the same way as everybody else. You just simply have to be obedient. And that is the body of Christ coming together for that common purpose of lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen. So today, would you consider the possibility of you being used in whatever fashion to lift up the name of Jesus Christ? And that brings me to my final point. We are not it. We are not it. Like I said before, it doesn't matter about you. It doesn't even matter about the kingdom of grace assembly. It's about the kingdom of God and the ruler who rules and reigns over all of it. It is Jesus Christ. And so we have to recognize today that while we are loved with an intense love and while we have a purpose that is grand and wonderful and eternal, it is Jesus Christ who we are pointing to. We are not it. It is Jesus Christ. And we find this in verses 7 and 8. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now that is something for us to really take value in today, right? That is something that we need to examine why, what it is that that means. But you know what? That was something that was huge for John the, the, the Baptist to hear. It was huge for him to hear. And so I want you to think about this for a moment. The, these first three verses that talked about John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord, make the path straight. Do you know where that came from? That came from the book of Isaiah. That means for hundreds and hundreds of years, there was a prophecy that was about John the Baptist. And so when you take a look at this, we see John the Baptist uh, had been spoken about for centuries just like Jesus. He was literally in the word of God before he was even born, just like Jesus. An Old Testament prophecy was literally about him, just like Jesus. The miraculous was a part of his birth, just like Jesus. And since he was born, he probably had his mom, his dad, other family members, and other people telling him how special he was and that God had called him for a special purpose. It probably would have been easy for him to be prideful, wouldn't you think? It probably would have been easy uh, for him to say, I'm not willing to give up the spotlight. And he may have even been tempted to say, you know what? Jesus is valuable. He's more important than me, but I, I still have some things to say too. I still, I still want some of this credit. I, it's not like I just don't exist anymore. Still pay attention to me. Still love me. Still care about what I have to say. And so today, church, you might be under uh, a situation where people look at you and they say, wow, you are such a good speaker. 
You are such a good student of the word. When you sing, people end up listening to you and they give praise to God and they give you compliments because of who, of what God has blessed you with in terms of talent, in terms of desire, in terms of ability. But today, I want to encourage you, don't share the spotlight with Almighty God. Don't steal the glory. Be okay with the fact that Jesus is being lifted up and you are not being acknowledged at all. That is a question that all of us need to ask ourselves, that if we do something for Jesus Christ and then nobody uh, comes along to give us credit, will we be okay with that? Or will we allow anger and bitterness set to set in? Will we simply obey and that would be enough? Today, church, we have to recognize that it is not about us. We are not it. We are here to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist knew this. And later on in his life, he said, you know what? I must fade away and Jesus must be elevated above all things. And today, we are challenging you to, uh, to allow yourself to fade away and to let Jesus be lifted up, not only in your life, but in your ministry as you preach the gospel wherever you go. Can I have the worship team come on up? Today, if you're honest with yourself, if you are honest with yourself, who gets more attention in your life? Who do you focus more on? Do you focus on yourself or do you focus on Jesus Christ? If you're looking to do something for Jesus Christ, if you're looking to do something more in the context of the church, are you looking for somebody to pat you on the back? Or are you concerned about the name of Jesus being lifted up and about somebody being delivered and being brought into new relationship with him? What is your priority today? Today, for some of you, you need to consider the possibility of what it looks like to humble yourself in the presence of Almighty God that when you are here at this church or whether you are out and about in the community, you need to consider for the moment that you are fighting for the spotlight. You want people to recognize you, but in the same regard, you have no concern on whether or not you are pointing people to Jesus Christ or not. And for some of you today, you are living this life. You've heard about Jesus Christ. You've heard about God. You may even have heard that he is valuable, but you may not have considered the possibility that your life needs to change. So today, with everyone's head bowed and all of your eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity today to respond to Jesus Christ, to allow him to change you and to give you life and life everlasting. Up to this point, it's been a question mark. Today, God wants you to know that you can for certain walk in his presence, for certain be have the promise of salvation and to have God begin to move you into something that is greater than what you've known before.